Shabbat Shalom to you guys on this very uh, auspicious Friday. It's actually March 1st today, which kind of fucking myself over here by timestamping uh, this video because then you'll know how mad, you know, how bad I am at posting stuff. But, you know, that's on me. So, welcome back. Today, I got a few things to talk about. Uh, again, I'm in the special turbine room, so expect that pleasant, oh, I've been told pleasant background ASMR kind of humming lull. And, I don't know, for any, like, tech priests or mechanicus out there, this must be, like, really lovely for you. To other people, if you like white noise, there you go. Okay, so, my last one was about Warhammer, which is exciting. Uh, Space Wolves and stuff. I, I think, obviously, I have posted it prior to this one. Um, I'm going to be playing a Warhammer game this weekend on Sunday, like a big old Games Workshop 1500-point throwdown, which is super exciting. I'm up against either, like, Thousand Suns or Dark Angels. A buddy of mine's bringing his, so I'm looking forward to that. I will let you guys know how it how it goes down, because it's got to have been at least half a, half a decade since I played. Which is the expensive way of saying five years. Um, I would wager that I'm going to lose. I don't know how much my buddy Pat's been keeping up with it, but I think any amount is more than me. <laughs> so uh, he also has like, well, he moved a few times. He has like a house. When you get like more space, it's a little easier to like lay that stuff out. Mine's like just sat in my case because ain't got time to like unpack it, pack it up. Because I got cats, man. They'll fuck it up. When I was a kid, my dog ate a lot of my fantasy army, and it was awful. It was, uh, the dog was cute, it was a little shipu, so you couldn't really stay mad at it. But, uh, my brother and I used to steal, um, bits, like, pieces from each other. Like, um, you have a scrap box, or a bits box in Warhammer, which is, like, your spare odds and ends for models, like, spare arms, legs, guns, chains, skulls, tridents, I don't know, living trees breasts if you're slanesh, I don't know, and uh, they're handy as hell for conversions, in fact they're like the basis of most conversions, you swap out a hand for a cooler hand, or for chaos you swap out a hand for literally anything you can imagine, <laughs> it could be like a scrap piece of dishcloth, or like tentacle, could be like an entire smaller model, um, my brother made uh it was like, maybe I tinker, I don't know, this was all so long ago, it was all stuff that we did as kids in the basement, but I remember we had an epic scale one, which is like this sub-game of Warhammer, which it's sort of, you use like very, very, very tiny models, which represent mass regiments of people, so it's like playing like Age of Empires, but in a board game, or, um, I shouldn't say, no, it's like playing a total war game, like Rome Total War or something, where you, you're moving like mass squadrons of units. Anyway, so we had like this thing that was, like, a very tiny, like, one-inch, maybe half-an-inch-sized person, and he had it, like, growing out of the stump of a Chaos Champion, as if, like, <laughs> it's gross. I can't think of, uh, I think it's Family Guy or American Dad, or the, I think it's Family Guy, it's not stupid enough for Family Guy, where he has, like, a boil version of himself, and it plays country music, or, I don't know. Anyway, keep you guys up to date with the Warhammer game. Uh, I'm probably gonna make an army that's heavy in the lore, so <laughs> see how that actually translates into the the game. But no, I've been playing Spider-Man again, just because I want that 100% completion. 
for once, not because there's a trophy. I'm just really invested in this game, and I want all the suits. And in order to get the last suit, which is apparently just him and his boxers, um, you have to do everything. So I'm doing everything. I don't... I'm going to answer that question. I don't want it because it's him and his boxers. I want it because it comes with this ability called the equalizer, which means that everyone goes down in one hit. So one hit KOs for everyone, yourself included. That sounds fun as hell. I would love that ability. But hell no, I'm not running around in my spider... Spider whiteies. Spidey whiteies. Trademarked it. Um, I tend to wear... I have all the suits now. Um, I still like the red hood one. But to be honest, I found for cinematics, um, I was always changing back to one that was a classic-looking Spider-Man because it just frustrated it if it was, like, talking to MJ and, like, helping out at the shelter, but I'm dressed like Jason Todd. It's like, for beating up bad guys, that's fun. But um, I'm trying to think of other ones. I get a lot of fun out of that ghost spider. That one's weird, though. Uh, I think at the end I just wound up using uh, the third, like the fixed version of the traditional comic one. Then for like stealth missions, you gotta wear a black one. I got the black cat one. <coughs> Excuse me. Dusty as hail. Um. Yeah. So the boobies and suits with the boobies and the suits. Uh, we're just taking a little bit of a, I guess, break a week or two. I don't know how often he's posting it. I've just been super busy, and it's a two-person content generating type thing. So my excuse is there. I think if there's any cross-pollination, hopefully you're getting your information here. I don't have any control about what he posts. Um, I just know, if for what it's worth, especially to explain the name, it was originally going to be a show where we did voices. I mean, there was going to be like a like a preachy woman character. Maybe her name would be, I don't know. Let's call her. So the problem is I know all these people in real life. Like any old Jewish woman's name. It just, that's both an advantage and a disadvantage. Because you can draw from that inspiration but at the same time. Like it just makes me feel like I'm always ripping on people. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to call her Martha because... Martha! <laughs> Somebody at the bank the other day had a name tag called Martha. <laughs> and see, this is how stupid I am. This still makes me laugh. And there was nobody. Like, I was there alone, essentially. Like, there was maybe one other person in another line. But the person uh, had come out, the manager, the, the teller, whoever had, had come out, <laughs> like, leaned around the corner, like, to try to get my teller's attention. And was like, Martha, and I like yelled it again, like Martha. And the second time, I couldn't help it. I'm like, why did you say that name? And the lady got so startled, and she obviously had no idea what the movie was. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you have a Martha type character, and she's very naggy. She's very into the affairs of the neighbors. Speaking of the neighbors, oh my god, did you see that kind of a thing? And obviously, there's. There's a Herald who sort of, uh, kind of husband. Is it on sale? No, I don't want it. What I should do for that, huh? I work, what, five days a week to sit down and listen to this? What I should do? Into that kind of, and to, uh, <laughs> apparently, 
to my brother's chagrin, who occasionally like visits the city I live in to live with my dad because of my brother's like um, couch surfing, I don't know, world traveling scholar, I guess. I don't know, he's got that in-school rep enough. Like, he's a decorated scholar, and he's pursuing a PhD so that, like, he can get away with living, like, a pretty carefree and reckless and, <laughs> like, generally, like, disapproved of lifestyle. It's not as, like, just, you know, love the guy, just uh, breezing through, but he'll come and he'll stay with my dad, and my dad will do, like, the the shittiest impression of one of these like caricature Jewish people but in earnest because he's dating one and he's like trying to impress her so that's what he's become and it's super funny because these people that have these mannerisms from I don't know different languages or different cultures or like however they came to it genuinely it can't just be emulated by a Scottish dude <laughs> so it's really funny there it's a it's a mess um I also, gotta be honest about playing Fortnite, season 8, I want to say 8, 8 came out yesterday, yesterday, and I played like an hour of it, it's good times, um, I don't know, for some reason, the hype wasn't necessarily there at all, as it's been dwindled for the past maybe three or four seasons, truthfully, but seeing that first loading screen, and I was like sitting down on the couch, and uh, it was like, <laughs> that, the, was that Simpsons episode with the video game, it's the one where Bart's stealing, and like, I forget what the game is, but you see Milhouse like playing it, and he's like, just putting his name or something, and it's like, blowing him away, <laughs> it's like, the light of the TV is like, forced, anyway, it was like that, it was like, the loading screen depicts like, a pirate ship full of people, and fish soldiers, and ninjas, and different costumes, and an explorer lady, and magma, it was just a lot, man, and it was like, a lot of things that are good. Is that gonna translate into being good? I don't know, probably not, it's probably like any time you hodgepodge culture things, like, oh, ninjas, and pirates, and I'm gonna say magma people is not really like, the foremost in the, in the zeitgeist, <laughs> but, um... It seems like it's going to be really cool. I, I diddled around the map for a bit and, like, outside objectives. Uh, the northeast quarter, maybe third of the map, is all that's affected. Although, universally, there's some new things, like the, the uh, marker. When you place them, there's, like, a sound ping. And it gives you a, a sort of a heads-up display icon on how far out you are and which player placed the objective. To be honest, the, it's a bit of a disadvantage of the ping, because, of course, immediately people are, like, wailing on it to make, like, beep, 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 beep. But I'm sure they'll just bug that out later. Like, remove it. Uh, gameplays? Okay, I had this experience, and I, wanna, I w went back and watched the replay, where, like, I emptied 30 bullets in a suppressed assault rifle at somebody at, like, not very far range, aiming at their head, and literally none of them hit. And I was stationary, and this person didn't see me, so I really, like, it would... It's insane. So I don't know if there's some fucking bugs with that, but besides that, everything seems the same. Fortnite never really offered, like, the tightest combat, but it's... It's fine. Uh, pirate cannons are a thing, which is... Sort of strange, I guess, how they chose to implement that. Instead of it being stationary... It's, it's almost a, it is a vehicle that you can very slowly and cumbersomely like push, pull, and turn around. And from there, you get 
the ability to shoot it at people for kind of minimal damage, decent environmental damage, or you can launch yourself. And I mean, if you have a glider of some of some kind, I don't know if you need a glider actually. I wonder if it's like ejecting a plane or you get one for free. I'll look into that. But I guess that's handy. Um, is it worth it? I don't know. I feel like in the time it takes you to fucking turn that thing 180 degrees, you could have built a ramp the height that it's going to launch you out of wood and jump. So I don't know. Beginning of the season school. But I'm not going to lie, I'm proud of myself. I have, for the first time, a battle pass. So you guys are going to get, like, for what it's worth, the battle pass side of um, my input. Because I've all been, uh, I've been free to play. I've been a very aggressive and... and Involve free to play. My account's like level two ten in total. That's from like season two onwards. So I, I probably pl- like I put the hours in, man. When you have the battle pass, they shoot you right up there for the rank. So it kind of skews it. Like I see a lot of people already like near the top of it on day one, and it's like, you know, if you're level fifty by the end of it, but you've been playing every day constantly, but you're normie, like it's disproportionate. People that have no skin, though, I mean, I hate to say, like, like, it's so frustrating. It's like, I don't know if you're, if you're someone that's just smurfing and, like, you're, you're equipping it to, to troll with me, or I can't tell if this is your first rodeo, but there's, like, free ones in the PlayStation Store. I mean, yes, there's no obligation, but, like, don't you get bored? Don't you, I mean, I have all mine on Rotate. I mean, now, you get to be Blackbeard of some kind, and, uh, I'm a super big fan of Blackbeard. Historically, big fan. Looking to get his his uh, historical flag actually as a tattoo um, in the anime One Piece, and it reminds me. Within the next episode or two, we're we're going to talk about One Piece because it's one of my favorite all time animes. Where I cosplayed Blackbeard for like three years at conventions. Was told I wasn't fat enough, so I always thought that was a compliment. <laughs> um, and Assassin's Creed. Fuck, man. Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Anytime it comes up, any variation thereof, it's just a cool, you know, timeless kind of legacy character. It's like Batman. You can put Batman in anything. You can make Batman a pirate. You can make Blackbeard a space pirate. You can make him a pirate in the jungle. Safari pirates. Trade market? I don't know. Look into that. Um, yeah. But Fortnite's got a lot more, definitely a lot more to look into. I own nothing of new ideas or contributions to information about this season, so I'm not going to, like, oh, <laughs> I mean, you should see already. I've already checked out some podcasts and some YouTube videos that are like, season eight secrets revealed, and someone that, like, played for the first time and was like, they changed this building, and it's like, fucking obviously, they changed lots of buildings, who gives a shit? Within a week, if you can explore everything within a week, good for you. But if you're spending the month, the month and a half, finding out new things and exploring it at your own pace, you're going to have much more fun. That's the point of it. The point is not to, like, cram in learning everything you can about it for a combat advantage. Because the, the point is, at the end of the day, the only reason that... Okay, as, as success-wise, as, as a Fortnite player, I would rank myself as, like... When you have the Tour de France, and you have, like, let's say it's 100 cyclists, and there's, like, the one in the front, and there's, like, two front runners, then that's all people pay attention to, but there's actually, like, you know, give or take 95, 97, whatever, people in the peloton behind them. I'm somewhere in that massive peloton, somewhere. Like, I'm competent, I can be there, I show, like, I am there in this, in this race, but, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm going into very few games expecting a win. 
I usually fly solo. I have very. I don't play with people ever. I'm always uh, in squad fills. Like I always will take on three randos as a team, so I never have the advantage of having a cohesive team. I also don't use a mic unless I'm playing with like my wife or something. But um, yeah, it's. I it, the point of it all is the fundamentals. Everyone says that it's such a cliche. It's a sports thing and everything, but it's, it's the fundamentals. If you can be consistently good at what is the root of success in the game, like scavenging, fighting, and surviving, done. So everyone's always in a rush to like, what name destination do we land at? And then like, don't fucking go with the huge party of people. Don't. Within the first minute of the game, the first, like, 50%, at the very least, like, 30-40% of the people are dead. Just because, like, they land on top of each other, you land it tilted, everyone rushes, like, packed, crowded places, mowed down, killed instantly. So why bother? If you want to rank successfully, push yourself off the grid, and scavenge effectively. Find a house or something. Find a single structure that you think will have minimum one chest, but also secondary items and stuff. So I love to find a random house, because you get the chest, which is usually where you get your, your, I don't know, something good, whether it's a good medic or item or a good weapon item. And then you get a couple weapons out of the house. And any decent player, that's enough. I'm not going to say that's going to take you to the end of the game, but that's enough to encounter somebody and win. And if it's not, you're not good enough. <laughs> if you need to, like, be running into a fight with, like, a golden scar and, like, a purple shotgun and, like, two chugs, like, no. You need to be able to, like, hit a house, get the green AR if you're lucky, get a gray pistol and bandages and, like, 50 shield and fucking fight and take on one or two people. And if it's solo mode, you can take on one person on that. And if it's squads, you got to fight smart if you're going to be on your own. That's another thing, man. Number two is fighting. Okay? Just fight well. Treat it like a serious shooting game. Don't treat it like Fortnite, Minecraft, balls out, I'm going to dance mid-fight and I'm going to build a concrete house and, like throw down a, a turret, like, treat it like you're playing fucking Gears of War or some third-person shooter that you respect where you gotta tuck into cover, shoot smart, and aim for the head. Natural cover is the most underrated fucking thing in Fortnite and is the most advantageous thing I can recommend to people. There is 100% an option for people to be basically invisible, and it's that you stick close to the ground, you tuck yourself in, to natural outcroppings, and you remain motionless when it's smart to. So if you see somebody, or somebody's looking at you, you don't make like they do in nature, like a rabbit, or, or something that, unfortunately, it's a prey animal, but <laughs> freeze. Their eye will naturally not fixate to you if you're not moving. If you're out in the open in a grass field, I mean, good luck, but this is what I'm saying. Find rocky outcroppings. Find the base of a. Find the slope of a hill where you can use the the elevation to your advantage. Ruins, rubble, bushes. Find it in nature. Stay low. Move infrequently, and when you do see people, wait for them to be close enough to be effective. Don't blow your load because someone like crests over the horizon. You're like fuck off, and you shoot like your whole clip of an AR, and then like. They built a fortress, their teammates are coming, you're going to get rushed, and natural cover is not built to withstand an actual attack. It's a surprise attack tactic. So, fight when you can, fight smart, and aim for the head, guys. I mean, if you only if you fire ten shots and one of them hits them in the head, it's better than firing, you know, ten shots at the torso, maybe three or four of them hit, but they each do, you know, 25% of the damage. 
I'm sure the math checks out, but I'm not doing it justice. The hitbox in the head is bigger than people think, and it does do a lot of damage. It's a guaranteed crit, which is, I think, double or triple the damage output. I don't know, I'm not, not like, balls deep in the code of this game. Uh, and... I'm gonna be honest, I don't even remember what the third thing is. I mean, they're just fundamental things. Um, <laughs> gotta scavenge well, fight well, and... Well, this really puts a dent in the credibility of advice someone gives you if they can't remember it. But don't think of it that way, guys. I guess there are only two <laughs> things. Like a, if I'm in a school teaching you guys this, <laughs> now take the eraser, <laughs> the chalkboard eraser, and erase the three off the board and rewrite a two and be like, that's why there are only two things. Uh, yeah, so Fortnite's good. Go out and play. Don't spoil it for yourself by looking up, like, a ton of videos and, and secrets and stuff. Play the game, you know, for what it's worth. They're not building an immense story. They're not building up, like, a huge plot and, and universe or anything. But they 100% do have a lot of unique ideas. And they do try. They have that mandatory video you get to watch once in the opening when it's a new season, and there's some sort of plot there, so, you know. The game is boring if you gut it so early, is what I'm trying to say, so take your time. And I'm probably just going to wrap it up with Marco Polo. Marco Polo. Okay, I, I did it once, got it out there, nobody has to say it or make that joke, I get it, the show gets it. I'm not talking about the childhood aquatic fun time game, Marco Polo, no. I'm talking about the historical character and his show on Netflix. So, I do know who he is historically, I did know this going into the show. I do understand that there are some inaccuracies, and I'm sorry if anybody's offended. There, prefaced it. Uh, that aside... The show did its homework and tries pretty hard to be accurate. And as a personal fan of Mongolian history, it's an extremely touching and, and from what I can tell as, as, you know, a graduated historian, that wasn't my area of speciality, but it's pretty factual. It goes hand in hand with a lot of accounts that I've read and, and sort of tales of the Silk Road that have given a similar picture. So the show, two seasons, uh, hoping for a third, I don't know if that's confirmed or not, it explores in the first season the titular character, Marco Polo, an Italian uh, explorer, son of a merchant and explorer, we'll say, who, through his father's, I won't spoil too much, we'll just say ill dealings and misfortunes and such, winds up having to leave Marco behind, slash barter him to the great Khan, Kublai, Kublai Khan, of Mongolia and the Golden Horde. And this is at a time where Genghis, uh, and as, as a pronunciation, I did always call him Genghis Khan, and I do hear people say that, and I don't really take it upon myself to correct that pronunciation, because... I had a Mongolian person uh, in school once tell me it was Genghis, and so I did that, but I feel like until someone is told personally how they read it off the page for a word like that, eh, to each their own. But 
Uh, Genghis Khan is the grandfather of Kublai and a, a number of other characters, because we see a lot of relatives in the show. But it is uh, uh, Kublai's success in something called the Krulatai, uh, that he has the Khanate, his ability to lead. Um, Marco Polo is sort of explored as someone who's, you know, the, the audience surrogate in the show. We have this guy who's a Westerner, not in the modern sense, but a, a Westerner in the East, and we have a a man who's out of the culture, and he's learning it, and that's obviously the way that we get introduced to it, and there's this mix of sort of, it's a strange picture of, uh, I think it's called Kambulak in the first one, Kambulak, the capital. It's It's got this kind of barbarism and this sort of savage Dothraki kind of war vibe, but also this decadent sort of Indo-Chinese as I said, Silk Road pleasure vibe where there's, you know opium houses and silken clad nude prostitutes and and this is all sediments. In the first one uh, a war to conquer China and specifically to take down the wall um, of around the capital, I think. This one got tricky, because what I remember learning about it of Chinese history painted an entirely different picture than the show and the Mongolians. But, um, it's to take down... I don't think it is the Great Wall. Maybe it is. Maybe this was a forerunner wall to it. I don't know. Uh, at me, or, you know, send in some info to me, if you do know, because one thing I live for is learning more history, but Marco Polo assists Genghis in, I don't know, some administrative tasks, (laughs) administrative tasks, sort of going from, you know, basically prisoner and, and less trusted captive, and then to sort of ambivalent presence and, you know, by the end of it, helpful, uh, recognized guest kind of, I don't know, it's, it's, it's quite the transition and I don't really want to give a lot away, especially because there's only, I think, 10 or 12 episodes per season. Each one's an hour long and each one contains a lot of things happening. Um, the actor's great. He looks exactly like my friend Rompton. I don't know if Rompton ever will listen to this, but if he does, the guy's very handsome. Rompton was handsome, too. It was just his face, his genuine smile, and his eyes. He looks like you, buddy. Uh, he's he's uh, pretty entertaining in the first one. The guy learns martial arts from a character called Hundred Eyes. That was nice. Hundred Eyes. Who is so cool, he got a spin-off standalone Netflix movie called Hundred Eyes... I think that's just it, or the Hundred Eyes story. He's basically a blind kung fu master from China, and he's kept captive in the sense that he, like, can't leave, but he's not, like, a prisoner or slave or anything. He lives in comfort in his dojo, but he trains people and obviously trains Marco Polo. So we get good kung fu in the show. We get good martial arts. Uh, there's a scene, they, they sort of break into a city, and there's good, like, stealth martial arts. Obviously good horseback riding and archery, because Marco's learning that you got to learn it to stay alive in the step. Uh, you see a lot of politics. That's more in season two that starts to get into that. And you see very, very similarly to Game of Thrones and the, 
the small council, the inner circle, you have this sort of inner rung in the palace of people who are all sort of like vying for power and they're all plotting and doing these sort of self-serving schemes self-serving schemes five, five times fast uh, it, there's just a general air of there's sort of no good guys and we're kind of hesitant to really trust or like anybody like there's a lot of like, oh, that's a touching moment. I like that guy. Oh, he's forcing that woman to suck his dick. Mm, that's not good. There's a lot of that. Like, oh, she saved that girl. Oh, she's killed that girl. So, you know, ups and downs. Speaking of the comparison, though, I think uh, Empress Chabi, who is uh, Kublai's wife, is, is very much that Cersei type, and I found her a lot more entertaining to watch than Cersei, because Cersei, you just want to, like, punch up in the face. Like, I love, you know, Lena Headey is wonderful. I met her at a convention. She's a sweet person. In other roles, she's very light. It's just in that one role, which is a credit to her. The same with that Joffrey kid. I don't know why everyone hated on him. If you can hate a character, you should, in equal measure, love the actor because someone's bringing to life that emotion, and that's not really them. <laughs> you know, that's not... If you hate... There's a short list I would make of, like, Adam Sandler, Chris Pratt, Johnny Depp... Um, Jared Leto like there's certain character actors and method actors that like I guess that gets kind of tough to, to draw the line but you you see so much of them in a role that if you hate them it's easy to you know what I mean but at the same time if you're a I don't know like you get annoyed at Jared Leto because he always goes too much into things it's you know there's no shortage of reasons to be annoyed at Jared Leto but no, Empress Chabby, you don't, you don't get that vibe that, like, oh, I want to punch this woman up in the face. She's making, like, a cunty smile. You just get the feeling that she's, you know, calmly taken in the situation, and then you see behind closed doors she's, like, a hundred steps above everybody. And, I don't know, good stuff. Good writing in that show. Netflix shows are kind of underappreciated. Mostly because, I mean, the problems really Netflix movies are when they don't get recognized, and it's a whole big thing. I'll talk about the Oscars in a minute. But you should check it out. Season 1 does give you a very Game of thrones experience in the first half. You see a lot of boobs. You see a lot of fighting and sort of savagery and, and like, just that kind of fantasy show stuff that you want to see. And then the second half is, you know, it's nice. By then everyone's kind of bonded. You get a lot of character development. You get a lot of very cool scenescapes and action set pieces. And it's great. Season 2, though... Very different feeling. I think it's different writers, it must be. Um, Marco Polo is still the title, but it's really not about him anymore. He sort of joins this rotating roster of maybe five or six other main characters that we're seeing the events and lives of, and honestly, probably Marcos is the least. He's a lot in, like, episode one and two, but after that, you'll because there's, like... Uh, Kublai has, like, a bunch of, quote, sons, which are people he's, I don't know, kidnapped or abducted or raised in a very, like, Thanosian way. Thanosian? I don't know. Please, somebody who would know pronunciation, hit me back about that. I've been using that word. Like, if something is akin to Thanos, it's Thanosian, but because of the the lexicon and because of how that would be spelled in S-I-A-N, I would wonder if it'd be Thanosian. <laughs> this is what happens to my brain now, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking you would have 
I'm getting too lost in it. <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> that single issue is occupying too much membrane space. Uh, it was still a good season. Season two, you're just seeing Marco Polo's life and Prince Jingham, who's one of like the the true prince the between him and, and Chabby. And then uh, Biamba, who's like an adopted prince, who's sort of jumping ship to the other guy who's challenging Kublai for the Khanate because he's wrestling his daughter. <laughs> wrestling is a euphemism for sex, but they also have sex. They just they, The way they get to sex is by winning a wrestling competition. And then you have uh, Ahmad or ah- Ahmad Ahmed. Everyone pronounces it differently in the show. But he's, like, an adopted son, but he's the vice-regent. He's, like, super scheming for power. Um, Fantastic. Really evil, off-putting guy. Again, good actor. And there's, like, some weird, tense, deeply complicated, fucked-up sexual stuff going on with him in season two that is just delightful. And it's, like, very progressive. There's, like, bondage and pegging scenes and, like, mainstream Netflix television. And it's, like, nice. 29, 20, that was probably 2018. Good stuff. Everyone was so riled up about it in Deadpool, in uh, Deadpool 1, and it was like, oh my god, this is in the mainstream, and it's like, Marco Polo did it. <laughs> Simpsons did it first, except probably not. Maybe. I don't know. Give them a couple of years. Uh, yeah, you see a lot of characters. The guy who plays Kaidu, like the rival to uh, Kublai for the, the title and the, the throne, is the dude from Tokyo Drift, I believe, and he's fantastic. I don't understand why this guy hasn't been in more roles. He's like... He's like... I would compare him to a Chinese George Takei. He's like... Fierce. But he can... You know, there, there can be some humanity there. And also that, like, extremely... Extremely Western accent extremely like oh my like there's something very like there's nothing Japanese about that there's something this guy is like you could tell me he was you know raised in in Connecticut I don't know I thought of that as the I don't know I was thinking about the spelling of that state earlier so that's why that came up (laughs) but Marco Polo season one and two on Netflix check it out if you like Mongolian history you like history, if you like Game of Thrones style boobs, you know, the usual stuff. I would also say, if you watch the Oscars, you probably saw a boring show, and if you didn't watch the Oscars, the recap is, it was a boring show. I did not see a bunch of the movies this year, not out of protest or any, you know, political reasons more because a lot of them kind of sounded boring and I've been having less time to go to the movies going to the movies is my favorite thing ever so if I'm going to go I'm going to double down and go see something I really want to see I did not see the green book Uh, I did not see Black Klansman did not see uh, what's the one with Christian Bale Vice? yeah I'm probably missing about half, if not two-thirds of the uh, movies on the list. And that's probably 
the same as last year, but it used to be that I'd be missing none of them. <laughs> so I'm not really sure. I'm trying to figure out what's what's going on there. It's always nice to see celebrities. I always like when they interact with each other and when they interact as people. And let me again take a moment to say that Chris Evans is fucking awesome. And just... I was, I think it was the morning after I saw it, like, getting tweeted around, like, this video of, like, Chris Evans at the Oscar or something, like, helping, I'm like, oh my god, please, like, because you're just waiting for controversy. In 2019, that's what people are doing. People are sitting around waiting for someone to drop the fucking ball so the world can spend a week laughing and making memes about it. And I look at it, and it's, like, the fucking nicest guy. He just gets up, offers this lady his arm, dips, he's like, alright, like, of course, like, can I give you a hand? cool, this is, uh, I'm just gonna leave and be normal and not be weird and not, like, not grab her ass or something, <laughs> like, not, oh, man, it's just such a great guy. I, I don't have a lot of people on my Twitter, um, just because a lot of people junk up your feed, a lot of people don't even make personal content, just, I have him, he posts wholesome stuff, man, he posts him and his dog on Valentine's Day, just, what a, what a genuine guy. Um, but, I did not see a lot of the Oscar movies, though it really bothered me to see... <coughs> Excuse me. It really bothered me to see that a couple celebrities had kind of rejected the Oscar winner, had uh, turned away or turned their backs, I think was said, when uh, Green Book was declared a winner. I think that's bullshit, because I honestly think that it doesn't matter what your reasons are, you all agree to play ball, you all agree to show up there for the award ceremony, and you're all peers in that academy. So if you win, support each other, and if you lose, lose like a winner. Don't, don't pout and say there was something wrong with it, or it's fixed, or it's racist, or like it was sexist, or it didn't, you know, make some secret bet. Like, you're not gonna say that if you win, so just everyone's bummed out that they lose. There can be only one winner. There can be only one! It just, you know... Don't, oh, they turned their backs and said that was a bad call. Like, of course you say that, because you fucking lost. And I think it was fucking awesome when Sam Jackson got to announce Spike Lee. Spike Lee's made some extremely racist comments, and Spike Lee, I don't actually think is a very great guy. I think his, his, his Prince get-up, what was it? Like, we were always so keen to backtrack on celebrities and burn them out for the, like, Kevin Hart and, I mean, get slammed for tweets a decade ago. Just... And I tweeted that guy when all that was happening, and uh, I don't do it for attention or for retweets. I never even checked the response. I just, I told him, it's kind of a joke, but it was like, for someone who bills himself as such a small guy, you handled this like a huge man, or like something akin to that, because it was so graceful. It was like there was a controversy, and it was clearly fucking, like, nothing. Like, he could have handled, like, he could have easily dealt with that gracefully and kept the role, but he's like, you know what, fuck this. Like, fuck you people. Fuck going up there and winding up with, like, a much worse version of this controversy anyway. Because the next day, like, a joke, I said... And they couldn't get The Rock, and The Rock said it was scheduled. Like, The Rock didn't have scheduling conflicts. The Rock was smart and was like, they're gonna fucking crucify anybody that goes up there. Uh, they did not have a host. It was... I looked into it the first time since a very long time ago. I forgot the exact year. That's helpful to you guys. Uh, but that, that year that they didn't was also the first year that they started referring to it as the Oscars instead of the Academy Award goes to. They would say the Oscar goes to. Uh, I'm definitely going to try to catch up. I have plans to watch uh, the Green Book 
this weekend, and if I'm double featuring, I'll, I'll try to watch Black Klansman too. I thought, um, sorry, uh, Sam Jackson giving the award for Spike Lee was cool because apparently he's like a hero to him or he's, he's a whatever. But then he gives like the hug was I think that's touching. They had a nice, cool like bromant there. I don't, I don't. People, people hate everything, man. Uh, but again, the Academy's got an extremely weird choosing process, and it's probably kind of rigged in some way, but, you know, it's always nice to see everybody get together. It's nice to see, uh, there was somebody wearing a tuxedo dress, so I mean, you get to see stuff you don't get to see anywhere else. Uh, yeah, I'm probably gonna leave it there today, guys. I hope you enjoyed this. This has been another extremely early morning in the turbine. (laughs) That would have been a good day for the podcast, too. Early morning in the turbine. Or my sort of indie alt-rock band that does, I don't know, songs for airports and airplanes and things. All right. This has been great, guys. Uh, check back in a couple days for more, and if not, check back later, I guess. All right. Happy Friday. <laughs>